this summer I've been making a bee's knees. Bee's knees. With gin, preferably old Tom gin, which has been aged in oak casks. Um, and then it's just honey syrup and lemon. And you shake it up. It's like a boozy lemonade. It's delicious. How did you know that um, making cocktails would be your life stream? Um, it helps me block out all the bad memories, mm. like making the cocktails or drinking, the <laughs> drinking cocktails? them. What's weird is she makes them, then she just pours them out, but <laughs> all, all the bad memories are gone by just the get end poured of out with them. Yeah. 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 So what are we, what are we drinking them. now? What's this? This is an old fashioned mm, with okay. honey syrup instead of sugar. Mm, I, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm, that's like delicious. That. Mm-hmm. And it's with bourbon instead of rice. So it's a little sweeter. I like sweeter. So yeah, yeah that was resonating with me yeah i appreciate that mm-hmm. the lemon peel is real nice in there too it's a it's a nice touch it's the only citrus i have laying around so i can't complain Welcome to You Can Do It, Do It, a podcast with Steve Carroll and JP Camara, where we interview people whose lives were transformed by trying something new. Tell us about your creative space. Where I spend my days creating. Um, I kind of split my time between home and my like nine to five studio. Um, so the nine to five studio is, um, through my job, uh, which is frog and toad press. Yeah. Um, and that's in the Nicholson file building. Um, that's in Providence and, um, it's a, a whole group of artists sharing the same old mill building. Um, so there's ceramicists, there's like architects, there's illustrators, painters, videographers, um, and illustrators as myself. <laughs> um, so it's a, it's a pretty kind of electric environment to be in. Um, but usually um, I'm just there by myself. I do share a space with a jeweler, but she's not there super often. Um, but yeah, so I spend my days there. It's I have these giant windows since it's an old mill building. Mm. Um, the view of the state house. Um, I'm just kind of tinkering away at my computer and doodling and yeah, that's that space. And then my home space. I I have an office room that's kind of half set up. <laughs> I usually just go in there to work and then leave and we also just bought our house a year ago so it's still it's a work in progress um but like as a creative person someone drawing all day like i can't just sit in the same spot and Mm -hmm. draw Mm -hmm. so like i'll spend half the day in the studio in nicholson file and then spend half the day at home in the studio but i'll work in that room i'll work at my kitchen counter i'll work on my couch i'll work outside if it's nice so I'm kind of all over the place. Mm. And so it's not like an official office area at work. That's just, you kind of have like a space rented out among all the other spaces. Yeah. It's like half a room that's mine or ours. Mm. So, um, frog and toad presses. So I like a computer and a giant drafting table. Um, so yeah, it is like our designated space, but half a room. Yeah. Nice. The drafting table is so cool though. It's like one of those things that um, I, I want like a secret excuse to have. Like <laughs> I have no reason to have a drafting table like that. It's just, it's big. It's like what? It's maybe, a raft. It's gigantic. <laughs> um, it's like several feet wide and several feet tall. And it's just, it's just a, it's a beautiful desk even. And it's one of those things like looking at it, it's like, I just want to, I need to be an architect or an artist or something that would allow me to, mm-hmm. would afford me the ability to use this desk. Right. So 
like if the other question we ask is if you were on the Titanic and it sank, would you be able to? <laughs> I was literally me? just going to say that. <laughs> You're like literally before I got married, previous boyfriends, I let them go off the edge of yes. the table. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. So, also, my studio mate has a four foot Titanic poster oh, hanging really? on the wall of our studio. So that's yeah, awesome. it could save lives if we needed it to. <laughs> But only so, one. Well, that's, <laughs> well, it would, that's it would save fine. two for a short while, and then yeah. one of you would have to let the other go. Right. So it's always very tragic. Don't let yeah. go. Yeah. <laughs> if uh, <laughs> so, so you you have these kind of like different spaces that you you do your work in, and and you said earlier that you're an illustrator. Mm-hmm. What what does an illustrator do? Well, the definition of illustration okay. <laughs> to like rewind, yeah. go back to it is art that's made to be reproduced huh. versus fine art that's just made kind of for itself and to stand alone, but illustrations reproduced. So oh. I do a lot of hand lettering um, for my work and also kind of small line art illustrations that's more figurative. Illustration, instead of like being like one-off pieces or, you know, masterworks, mm-hmm. You're working with something that's more for production, for consumption by other people. Yes. What is your creative process? Like, how do you get into it in the morning? What does your day look like? Like, what are, what are the tactical things that you do throughout your day? It would probably help to say what I'm making as the final okay. product. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, so I'm making greeting cards mainly. Um, did I spoil the surprise? always keep that for the end sorry guys um yeah so i it starts as like a sketch a pencil sketch usually a thumbnail um well i guess it starts as an idea um pencil sketch oh wow just riffing with my boss (laughs) cool um or sometimes i'm like all right we need to make x number of greeting cards Six of them have to be birthday cards. So I just sit in front of my giant window in the studio, like put my phone on the other side of the room and just like word vomit as many ideas as I can and try and think of like, what would I want to give my parents? What would I want to give my friends? Like it's different audiences. And yeah, so once I get some good ideas, sketch it out. Sometimes that's with a pencil. Sometimes that's with an iPad. And then move on to inking it, which is with a brush pen usually. And then I scan it from there and I like digitize it. You have to vectorize it um, in order to be letterpress printed. Add some color, play around with color. I'm usually like emailing my boss back and forth. Um, just He's kind of like my art director. As an illustrator versus like a fine artist, I don't hold my drawings as very precious maybe i should but i usually just draw on like computer paper and like just kind of all over the place and kind of uh frankenstein it once it gets into the computer i just have a stack of like scraps of drawings next to my computer not very precious or organized about it (laughs) i'm sure it's not like you think of it as just like ah this is a bunch of throwaway garbage like you care about what you're doing i guess Maybe you could define a little bit, like, if it was fine art, how would you be treating it differently? Right. So the end goal is a card that's printed that has nothing to do with, like, the first drawing that I do. Like, there's just so many, it touches so many mediums, and that first drawing medium is not, I don't know, the end goal or whatever. The initial product is disposable, but you create something that's longer lasting and yeah. Until the birthday's over and they just recycle it. (laughs) (laughs) But you still have it. Right. It's meaningful to people. Yeah. Well, and some of, some of your cards have become art pieces like in and of themselves, like framed art pieces of art, like blown up to different sizes and, and sold that way as well. Yeah. And I have friends and you, you know, not just because they're my friend, but at least I hope not, but who have actually like framed the cards mm. since they're kind of, it's not like a cheaply printed card that you get at CVS or something right. like it's 
letterpress printed, mm. which is like a kind of used as a more fine art medium now. Yeah. It'd be some pretty good friends if they framed it, put it up in their house, and they're just like, this is because you're my friend. I yeah. Don't, I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's awesome. Yeah. I've been following your, I guess, career as a, an artist and illustrator for a while now, and it's it's been kind of amazing to see you progress and, and sort of find your, your thing. Mm-hmm. Did you, like, in art school, did you have any inkling that, like, that this would be what you were doing? Uh, I dreamed it. Yeah? Um, really? Well, in a way, like I, I guess my, um, so I studied illustration and art history and the school that I went to is very much more like editorial, full color, like watercolor illustrations or something. Not really, it wasn't very like abstract or like hand lettering or anything like that. I was like, oh, I'll do like children's books or editorial. But I was, I feel like I've always been, even as a kid, like interested in typography and hand lettering. Um, so the marriage of those two um, was kind of cool. <laughs> um, yeah. And I think I've always enjoyed making cards for people. Like I still remember like one design I made in fifth grade and like my dad went out and got me like, paper to like print it on my janky home printer (laughs) um to just like reproduce like one thank you card or something that's really sweet yeah and did you know you were going to go to art school when you were growing up yeah it was kind of the most logical thing um it was what i was most interested in in high school and it's the one thing that like really excited me that makes sense to study that you know what was kind of weird though? In in high school, I had no idea. Oh yeah, that Moret. Like, I secretly knew, but like nobody knew just like how talented Moret is or was back then. I don't think I knew either, which was the problem. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, and I mean, like you, the the school you went to high school at was you know pretty competitive and yeah a lot of personalities and when some when you, typically when people were good at something there you knew yeah. um but I, I think as a, a creative person and as an artist I, I i think you carry yourself differently and it, in some ways it, it seems like it might i mean maybe you can speak more to this but it might inform your your work do you get that sense at all to where like your disposition as an artist influences the types of things that you bring into the world yeah, I think having the confidence to just make stuff and put it out there, um, that kind of is what defines success as an artist, especially with the um, the tool of the internet. Yeah. <laughs> like if you're not making stuff and showing people, like if you're just self-critiquing your own stuff and afraid of putting it out there, you're not gonna like grow your career and i think in high school if instagram was a thing then like i i don't know if i would have had the self-confidence to do that yeah what what changed between then and a few years ago when you started what you're doing now i think just time and learning skills to be confident in my work um there's some quote from, I think, like Ira Glass from This American Life, and he's talking about how it's always hard when you're first starting out doing a trade or whatever, and you're frustrated because you know it's not good mm. and you know it can be better. But that just means you have good taste, and it mm. takes a while for you to like <laughs> catch up to your own, your own skill level, to your own taste. Sure. So I think that's something I'm like still working towards, but I think fallen into that groove a little bit more you think there's a lot of people who just like sit on stuff all the time and they never let anybody see it and so they can't grow that way maybe it's hard to say i've never seen it (laughs) that's true it's actually i asked the impossible question (laughs) but i i do that for myself still too now if if hypothetically you had someone in your life who's like i want to i want to try this drawing thing what what advice or first steps would you give them to 
do it, to get into it. You can do it. Just do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, it sounds like tremendous advice. Yeah. Yeah. Make like it could be a title of something. Yeah. Uh, but seriously, though, like you just have to start. Like, yeah, you just have to start doing it and learn, like, be a sponge, learn all you can about it, get off of the internet and go to a library. <laughs> I remember in college, we had the internet back then. So that was still available, but I would like go to the library and actually like open, they had a good like art book section. So I would just sit down and flip through all these random art books. So just immersing yourself in something um, and being disciplined about it, which is something that I really struggle with, but it's, I think, important. Um, Disciplined yeah. in learning or disciplined in execution or I guess both? Both. Yeah. Um, disciplined in your uh, pursuit of the thing. Seems like that's the struggle people have in like every, especially creative stuff, I guess. And maybe that is fear. Or maybe it's just like uh, being obsessed with other things in a culture that mm -hmm. lets you be like get into watching a TV show or whatever. And it's like, you just spent three hours doing that. You could have spent three hours drawing or writing. Or, yeah. So I'm sure that is a struggle to do it, but it sounds like you try to do it wherever you can find a place. You just kind of mm -hmm. sit down and, and get into it. Yeah. Which is weird because, you know, if it's your passion, you should be just doing it all the time. <laughs> but like, yeah, for myself, I just have a hard time getting off my butt and actually doing it sometimes. Um, but I don't know if this is too much of a segue into another topic, but I have been taking a ceramics class Oh, um, for funsies. Nice. But that's been great because it's been once a week and then one additional day a week you can just go to the studio for three hours um so just getting into that like rhythm all right tuesday's is ceramics day i'm gonna make some ceramics on tuesday and actually just earlier today i was like why don't i just designate one day to like i don't know getting back into watercolor or painting or something right like it's totally feasible yeah just, need the accountability of a teacher to take attendance <laughs> <laughs> or or the the bill to pay like oh i paid right. for the ceramics class I should pay yeah right. <laughs> it's amazing how motivating it can be like once you start paying for something yeah <laughs> which is interesting because like the corollary of that is like being paid to do the thing mm. which I, I i personally find it's always much more an incentive to like do something if i've paid for it yeah it's especially hard um, being a full-time artist. So I'm kind of the in-house artist for Frog and Toad, which means nine to five Monday through Thursday or Friday, like I have to be making work. <laughs> you're, the, you're the primary artist for Frog, for and, Frog Toad. and Toad Press. Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't realize there wasn't really any, any other people. But. I mean, I guess Frog and Toad sells other people's stuff, but sure. Frog and Toad Press is exclusively my work oh that's yeah. awesome yeah thank you very awesome <laughs> yeah. yeah so Fro frog and toad is is a gift store in providence okay so they've been around for 15 years 16 years um just a cute little gift shop and i started working there just part-time um i got laid off from one job and just needed to pay rent <laughs> and it was like in walking distance from my apartment um so yeah i was working there part-time and i was making signage for them that's right like price signs and then they have like this chalkboard where they write like stupid snarky stuff on it and so i was helping come up with ideas for that and oh for the store itself. for the store yeah. oh, okay yeah I, i'm like they're selling snarky signs to other shops. Like, <laughs> yeah just their like little a-frame kind of chalkboard sign outside yeah, yeah. um so I was doing that and my boss recognized that and he's like, I have some really dumb ideas for greeting cards. <laughs> like, let's make some greeting cards. I'm like, all right. What are the few few of the early ones? Um 
I like your butt. <laughs> Some flowers yeah. around it. I think I've seen that one. Yeah. It's a classic at this point. It's a classic. Yeah. You still sell that one? Or? Yeah, it's one of our best sellers still. Best seller. Yeah. Nice. I'm going to make a mental note of that one. All right. <laughs> um, and then another early one, which actually first began as a chalkboard sign, was this guy, kind of like dorky looking middle-aged guy with glasses and like a turtleneck and <clears throat> mustache. And it says below it, I'm becoming my mother. (laughs) Really weird. (laughs) (laughs) These cards are like totally random. Mm -hmm. What do people buy them for? So we have more traditional cards because we have to pay the bills. Sure. And myself. (laughs) So we have like... Like one of the first cards was like, super glad you were born, which is just kind of a more sentimental, sweet birthday card. Yeah. Um, so people buy that <laughs> for birthdays. Yeah. And it's deeper than happy birthday. Right. Mm. You can give it for multiple occasions. But my boss, who I'm always kind of like, are you sure <laughs> you want to pay to have that printed? Like, it's your money, man. He's like, no, we're going to do a line of prison greeting cards. I'm like, all right, man, you're writing my paycheck. <laughs> so it was like, this was like a series of six cards that he's like, I, f- I feel like the incarcerated people in America are kind of overlooked. So it's mm-hmm. kind of a joke, but it's also kind of a statement about, yeah. you know, that culture and yeah. what's going on in America. So one of the cards uh, says, wishing you a cordial and cleanly cellmate. <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> which is good for like high school graduates going into right, college exactly. Yeah, exactly. yeah exactly i mean yeah or people roommates. you know graduating college and getting their first apartment with a roommate yeah, yeah. exactly so uh, what was another one uh thank you for being my court appointed attorney <laughs> which has turned out to be one of the better sellers of that series well this yeah. is rhode island but whenever someone buys them, like in the store or online, I'm like, why? I want to ask them, like, why are you buying this? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> what is the story? Yeah. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> so we have to think about, like, all right, you're not going to give your grandma a snarky, mm. sassy card. So you kind of have Maybe to. Maybe not your grandma. That's true. Well, actually, my grandma is pretty sassy. Uh oh. Yeah. dot prison cards yeah <laughs> yeah done um yeah so we kind of have to have a balance of both things but we also don't want to just be boring and yeah. do all easy yeah. stuff because that's just not our brand hmm. so. and I, I think like we for every occasion that we have one of your cards is is in the mix for that i mean just as a, a testament to like the versatility now of just how many different moods and tones and, and things there are out there. Like, I think, I think we bought your thank you for picking me up from the airport at an ungodly hour. <laughs> that was one of the first ones too. <laughs> it's a good card. Um, yeah. And, uh, I, I got my wife, Kelsey this past year for our anniversary, the thou hast a rock and bod mm-hmm. uh, mm. card, which is, you know, just wonderful. Mm-hmm. So, um yeah it's it's kind of it's sort of funny it's like you know when we see them everywhere when we travel it's like we'll go into these little like kitschy gift shops and and mm-hmm. there they are frog and toad press um oh, how how widespread our world yeah yeah we're in like 200 something stores oh, wow. around the country now that's awesome yeah but i, I sent Moret a text from when we were in minnesota mm. from the card from the gift shop of her card Wow. And she goes, oh, you're in Patina. Like, she knew immediately, like, what shop we were in. Like, there's there's so much, like, the, the types of places that you're partnering with, obviously, like, you care about and, like, you want your cards in that shop because that mm-hmm. they represent you well and you, you know, fit in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, that's, like, kind of incredible to me. Like, it's, at least it's small enough to where you can still do that, but big enough that it's, like, wow, hundreds of, mm-hmm. hundreds of little shops. Yeah, we don't ever want to be like <clears throat> like crazy mass producing like i don't know if you've heard of rifle paper company 
Oh yeah, we buy their calendar every year because we're terrible people. Tools. <laughs> I'm not gonna. But you never want to be that. No. So rifle paper started as like a smaller thing, and now they're like everywhere on like Ked's shoes. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing my boss and I talk about a lot. Like bigger stores have reached out to us before, and we always just want to be like, all right, is this something that we want to do is it like in line with our beliefs and our values for being kind of like a locally made and produced um mom and pop kind of operation yeah and not yet not yet uh has walmart reached out though because i hear walmart it's a family business Mm -hmm. they're local i would say hell yeah to walmart hell yeah to walmart all right (laughs) (laughs) and they'd be like we need your cards for three cents a piece. And you'd be like, hell no, Walmart. <laughs> yeah. Walmart. <laughs> uh, uh, Walmart, if you're listening. Uh, yeah. Uh, my this, number is. <laughs> this episode sponsored by Walmart. Sponsored by Walmart. We'll sale at frogandtoopress.com. You know, just hit us up. <laughs> so what, what, uh, what portion of your time do you have to spend making more like, okay, like a traditional happy birthday card or, you know, anniversary card or whatever. And do you have like a portion of your time where it's just like, just come up with ideas and just see where it goes. So we have to look ahead on the calendar. Greeting card biz. Mm. So I just finished up a bunch of Christmas cards. It's July. And when this episode releases, it will be October. <laughs> That's and in that case, you can buy your Christmas cards at Frog and <laughs> <laughs> um, So yeah, it's July. It's the end of July. I've been working on Christmas cards since the middle of June. Okay. Um, blasting wow. that Josh Groban, Kelly Clarkson wrapped in red in the studio to get your, in the zone. That's your top Christmas album? I actually haven't listened to Christmas to get in the mood, but... Um, but you have to like get in the winter mindset while you're like yeah. sweating over your drawing table. Um, yeah. Because stores will start buying Christmas in September. And there are gift shows and stationary shows, which are kind of big buying trips mm. for small mom and pop shops that would be buying our work. Um, so there's a big gift show at the end of August, which is when people are buying for Christmas. So we try, we're not going to that show. We don't, we're not going to exhibit there, but we're trying to line up our production mm. with that gift show. And then the stationary show, which is a big trade show for cards and stationaries in May, but that's next year moving to February. Oh, wow. Which is a big deal. It's combining with another gift show. So, as soon as, I mean, I'm going to be working. We also, in addition to cards, make like patches and pins and trophies and tro- <laughs> really stupid trophies. <laughs> and um, hopefully. fastest lover. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, they're really stupid, but we have a lot of fun. I'm getting one for you as a housewarming gift. Would be. <laughs> housewarming gift for the home. For your, reno- for not for your renovation. <laughs> yeah, you're getting one. I don't know what it is yet, but it's going to be great. All right, we have it. something for it. Yeah, yeah there <laughs> is something for it. 100%. Yes. There's a gift for that. Um, so with uh, that falling in February this year and then Christmas at the store, like in September, I'm going to be making like Mother's Day and Father's Day cards. Jeez. Because I have to like get ready before the Christmas craziness in order to be able to sell them like first week of February. Yeah. Yeah. So technically you're always living in the future. Yes. Yeah. What's it like there right now? It's all right, you know. My cards are selling great. Yeah. That's the part I like. <laughs> we need a good segue into uh ladies drawing whatever it is now everything ladies draw everyone ladies drawing time of day <laughs> combined with meal um i mean yeah i i don't want to I, I don't want to get too much into the political stuff but i know when there's like big political events that kind of shake up society a mm-hmm. little bit new things kind of come out of that mm-hmm. um and i think like I, I have seen so many more creative outlets mm-hmm. and and things start as I mean, even 
this podcast kind of came out of that anxious energy of mm. a, a new thing that we're in right now that I think like for a certain sense, like I didn't know how to deal with other than like I need to express myself or create or do something that kind of take my mind off this like general sense of anxiety that I feel about the world mm-hmm. around me. Um, how how has that influenced you as an artist, a creative person, as a, a person in the world, as a woman, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera? It's a weird feeling to see something in the news and then be like, I need to like create something in reaction to this. And then the thought process in your brain is like, well, what is, is that actually going to like change people's minds? Is that going to encourage people? Um, at least this is the thought process in my own head. Sure. Like with everyone else kind of clogging our newsfeed with a political rhetoric, like it's kind of in a, in a way like protest po- posters and protest art mm-hmm. visually on Instagram and stuff. It's like, it was just going to get lost in the shuffles. Just one more voice. Um, but there's a long history of people doing that. And um, I mean, illustration as a medium is, is what makes culture. I think like there's so many images that have been the covers of magazines and like protest art mm. that defines American culture and other cultures. Um, so I think it's important to have your voice be heard in that way. Um, so for what I've done myself, um, I've done some just like personal lettered pieces of just like quotes and stuff for myself, just as kind of a cathartic thing. Um, but for frog and toad, when um, we're going to go there, <laughs> <laughs> when Donald Trump was uh, running, when he was still a candidate, we made a patch. Uh, we make like embroidered patches that iron onto backpacks, jackets, whatever. Uh, it said dump Trump <laughs> with a, a picture of a nice turd on it. <laughs> oh, wow. Man. <laughs> Which was a conversation like it was at that time. It was just myself, Asher and my coworker, Chris, who were frog and toad press. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just the three of us who were like the creative minds and the like marketing or whatever. It's grown since then. Um, but we would like discuss a lot. Like, is this something do we want to go there? Like we're branding ourselves like in this way we're joining that large group of people who are um doing protest art and do we want to be like do we actually want to put a turd on a patch (laughs) (laughs) um and then the other thing to consider is are we making money off of that Mm -hmm. that feels a little gross so we ended up donating all of the proceeds to i think the aclu Mm, um But yeah, it's it's weird because from the gift store standpoint, not just Frog and Toad Press, um, but I work one day a week doing retail work at Frog and Toad just to kind of get a lay of the land. But feminism is like trending, yeah. which is cool. Like that's great, actually. Like it's something we need to be talking about and needs to be seen more. Um, but it also feels a little weird that people are like profiting off of it and like yeah. making work geared towards feminists and to like sell to that and make money. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. a, it's a weird thing. <laughs> yeah. um, but one of our best selling patches uh, just says be kind on it, which I feel good about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and we do like a special edition every once in a while that's like a different colorway, and we donate one dollar from each sale to a different um, charity. Yeah. Every time. So. I mean, be kind is not. I mean, it's not even aligned to a party. Or right. A, a exactly. Which is kind yeah. of the point. Like it's. Yeah, it's important to everyone. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah. You know, you've got you started out with the dump Trump patch. 
you moved to the be kind patch <laughs> <laughs> kind of had, had maybe a little awakening or yeah. I don't know <laughs> who knows but um what are you uh, what are you up to now um personally um ladies drawing night Ooh, what's that <laughs> uh it actually it well i guess maybe it did it didn't really come out of a place of like we need to do something in this political social climate um but there's another artist named Julia Rothman, who's an illustrator in Brooklyn. And she started um, just with a few of her friends, this thing called Ladies Drawing Night, where her and her friends get together and they just hang out and draw, sometimes around a theme um, or otherwise. And so I'd seen that and was thinking about it. And there's another artist named Rebecca Volinsky, who I had never met at that point, but she was I'd follow her on Instagram and Twitter because, you know, she's in Providence. So, yeah. um, and she tweeted about wanting to do that. And so I responded and I was like, yeah, let's do it. Mm. Here's my email. So we like had a very awkward beer and we're like, all right, <laughs> how do we do this? Did you draw together during that first time or was it just talking? about? It was drawing? just awkwardly talking over like garlic fries and beer <laughs> they locked arms and drew on a napkin together and that's oh, how they knew we drew on each other's arms on each other's yeah. arms they drew the same heart the most intimate yeah. form of drawing <laughs> nacho cheese yeah. it's beautiful um yeah so we wanted it to be a little different than julia rothman's model of just inviting like five close friends which is cool um and, you know, would be a lot of fun, but we wanted to make it more of a community event and invite women artists in the city to just come around a table and not network because that, I don't like that word, um, organically network, <laughs> um, but really just like be in community with each other and drink beer and share ideas. And um, so we've been doing that once a month since like last fall um rebecca has stepped down because she's just crazy busy with her awesome mural stuff um so we were meeting in uh, a beer hall which had a big table that we could all kind of sit around uh we're now looking for another space i mean i think there's a natural amount of networking that would come out of that but like you said with in a just a general sense of community and that kind of networking is less gross than like somebody shows up and they're like, Hey, um, you ever seen my art? Like, <laughs> yeah, well, okay. Yeah. I want to hang out and do this thing. So yeah. Now does everyone, the people who get invited, they have to be artists of some kind or. Um, we at first were like, yeah, you gotta be like a practicing artist. But as it went on, I'm like, no, if you want to draw, like anyone can draw. That's important. Um, so, yeah, it's gotten a little chiller, I think, since then. Um, but, yeah, there have been some really interesting connections made. Like, one girl had just moved to Providence from Minnesota, and I have no idea how she found out about us. We were, like, posting about it with, like, hashtags and stuff on Instagram. And she was like, yeah, I'm, like, do this full-time for my job but then i'm also a ceramicist and i really want to like keep practicing ceramics i'm like oh you should check out the steel yard and everyone's like yeah the steel yard's great and so now she's a resident artist at the steel yard it's so, like all these little connections it's amazing <laughs> yeah so it, it feels good like just to have the space to just be and create for a few hours uh, we've been doing ladies drawing brunch, which is just a different time of day. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, how do you? Oh, this is a weird question, but like, how do you handle the logistics of something like this? Like, twenty, what? It's probably twenty, twenty-five people. Yeah, at the most, it was like fifteen, but okay. there's like forty something on my mailing list. But like random so, strangers, like showing up to a yeah. place, like all separate checks. How, does the restaurant know you're coming? <laughs> like, how does this work? Well, it was great. So we, here's a little ad for Bayberry. Sure. <laughs> so we would have it at Bayberry, which is nice because there's not like a server that comes to your table. You have to like go up mm. somewhere oh. to order, which is nice. Yeah. So, yeah. It's just easy. Yeah. And then I've hosted it at my house a few months here in this room amazing <laughs> and you just put out a tip jar yeah yeah got it really bad tippers 
Are they? <laughs> yeah. Well, artists. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's been good. Yeah, logistically, it's like it, it's pretty easy to run. Yeah. You just kind of show up and I have to get out of my introverted self to mm. socialize with people. Hey, what's your name? What do you do? Welcome. Go get a beer. Make yourself at home. <laughs> oh, you don't drink beer? Cool. You're welcome <laughs> to uh, water. I don't drink water. Are you? Is, are you just trying to trip me up? I don't. I understand. You're a lemon. Is lemonade. This a okay, performance lemonade. artist. Yeah, performance <laughs> art. Yeah, you're an obstinate person. Interesting. <laughs> uh, do you have like a? Is there a theme at all, or is it just kind of you just get together and? Um, I've tried to do themes before. Yeah. Usually, it helps. Like I would bring like a vase of flowers mm. because even myself, even though I'm like hosting it, I get in the beginning, I would be very anxious about like drawing in front of other people. Like, what do I draw? I'm just kind of aimlessly like doodling or whatever. Yeah. Um, but kind of organically people have been just been bringing their own projects to work on, which has been cool. Now, if someone wanted some, someone had some amount of drawing capability, but weren't really good at it. And so like going back to the, you can do it, do it mindset and like how someone would get into that. What, what advice would you give to them? Just come by and just start doodling. Should they try certain things or? Yeah. Uh, it depends on what kind of drawing you want to get into. I think. Sure. I'm sure I'm like super layman. <laughs> like you just draw, you know, like just put tell the people crayon how to in do- your hand, put the crayon in your hand. That's the slogan of ladies drawing. <laughs> Hypothetically, JP has a dream of like wanting to learn how to draw. So I, I am actually, there, I'm reading this book right now. I, I just started. And I, I talked to him on a different show a long Nine time ago. Nine months ago. Nine months ago about <laughs> wanting to read this book. Because I'd read this book called Mindset, which is uh-huh. just about like how your mindset affects everything you do. Mm-hmm. And one of the things she talks about is having a mindset for, uh, like there's virtually, there's very few things in your life where you can't think like, I can have, I can do something related to this, right? Where, but a lot of people are like, oh, if you don't have talent to do something, it's impossible to do anything with it. And drawing was an area that I thought of that, right? I was like, if you don't have talent to do it, it's just impossible. Um, and she actually specifically talked about this book called Drawing on the Right Side of the Mind. Mm-hmm. Are you familiar with that I've book? I've heard of it. I haven't read it. So it's, it's basically, um, I'm like very early into it, but um, the idea of it is just people who can't naturally draw, it's not that they just don't have any talent. It's that they have a problem understanding how to perceive things. Mm. And when you uh, improve your perception of the things around you, you can, you naturally start to be able to draw it. Not like a super professional, but like you can draw things and they can look mm-hmm. similar to what they are. Mm-hmm. And her whole bent on it is that education is sorely lacking because we think so left-minded and we, we keep continuously removing right-minded things that we're actually producing worse students because they're not learning how to perceive, they're not learning how to transfer um, understanding and, and learning into other areas, you know, drawing and then being able to take how you perceive things and apply that to left, left-minded left things. Mm. And so it made me very interested in like, oh, maybe I could draw and like, you know, but I was just kind of interested in, you know, if you were giving someone tips or some something to do, um, or if you've worked with people who didn't have much ability to draw. Let's do a little coaching session for JP. So, do you want me to go get some paper? How would, yeah, <laughs> how, would, how, would you, how would you get JP into drawing or even being comfortable with like starting out? Yeah, just think of like a real dumb and be like, how real would I get this? A real. That's me though. I'm yeah. not. <laughs> uh, carry a sketchbook around with you. Don't be precious about it. Like, I am not great about the practice of a sketchbook and just drawing from life all the time, but draw what's around you. If you're sitting kind of listening to TV, to a TV show or something like draw the chairs in the room, um, chairs and boxes and stuff are really hard because you have to consider the perspective and the way it's receding into space and stuff. So in art school, that's one of the first things they teach you is one point and two point perspective interesting i would have actually thought those would be easier just because they're very like i guess symmetrical in a way and very like (laughs) i think of like a box and i'm like i guess you can draw a box right but that's interesting to know that actually getting the like angles of it correct is the hardest part yeah so in one of my first or the beginning drawing classes in college drawing for illustration my professor made us make like four 
cubes out of foam core, like cubes. So they're even all the way around of like varying sizes. And we had to stack them in different arrangements and just draw them over and over again. It's very hard to draw something that looks like a cube and not a rectangle, at least for me. <laughs> um, but yeah, just draw from observation. At AS220, they have figure drawing sessions every Tuesday. You get to see a naked if you go. You get to see the nakies. That's the, that's the <laughs> caption for it. <laughs> figure drawing. You get to see the nakies. <laughs> oh, all right, well. Not live nudes. <laughs> live nudes. You might get more people. You get to see the nakies. It's like an old timey <laughs> fellow just shows up and he's like, oh, the nakies. It's nakey. a barbershop quartet called the nakies. <laughs> <laughs> not too much dancing please that's not, too much <laughs> it's all 80 year old women it's a little uh, too much yeah. wiggle <laughs> um yeah i used to go to that after college like every tuesday and just draw the nakies first yeah. she does like <laughs> sorry <laughs> no i please keep saying it. <laughs> um they'll do like uh 10 second poses at first just oh. so you just get like the gesture down yeah which is really what makes the drawing if you get the steve stop laughing at the nakies <laughs> jimmy's favorite nakey pose is the who me <laughs> <laughs> turn slightly away oh my <laughs> we all have our favorite oh you're pose. drawing me <laughs> i just come here naked i want to draw too this is my private room <laughs> What are all these people doing? <laughs> but while you're here, I, I guess you could sketch. <laughs> and that's how the Titanic was filmed. <laughs> it actually grew out of that one scene. Yeah, it was amazing. So. Just a, an aside about drawing from the figure from life in college. There is this one old man who was like the resident naked Nakey. guy for all the classes. And I <laughs> ran into him at Marshall's. Oh. I went to the movie theater and in the he came in late to the movie and sat next to me and I could not focus on the movie because like I've seen you naked. <laughs> you don't know that I've seen you naked. This is really awkward. Wait, wait, wait. How does he not know? I mean, he doesn't oh, like, remember. It's right. like a whole class sitting naked. around his I'm just naked like, bod. I'm <laughs> imagining you're all behind like one like one way mirrors or <laughs> two way mirrors. Sorry, one way mirrors are the normal ones. <laughs> two way mirrors, and like he can't tell who's watching it. There's just this this art voyeur thing where <laughs> uh, you can see me, but I can't see you. Maybe yeah. I'll see you at Marshall's. Yeah, Maybe, not. Maybe not. Maybe <laughs> not. Man, just walk through those automatic doors, and then just. Yeah, and you're like, oh no, I need. Do I need to leave? <laughs> uh, anyways, Sorry, getting back yeah, on topic. Please. Um, there's this comic artist named Linda Berry. She's the best. I have her books on that shelf right there. Uh, she teaches this class at the University of Wisconsin, I think, um, where she specifically wants people who aren't artists to sign up for the class. Oh. So students who are like English majors or math people. And she teaches them how to draw kind of, but her whole theory basically is that people were told at a young age that they couldn't draw. So at some point they just like were ashamed of their own drawings. So she does all these exercises to just get back to that organic free state of drawing. That's awesome. Um, and she's like, yeah, the people who haven't been actually formally trained how to draw are usually have the most like character and emotion mm. in their drawings because they're not inhibited by like, Oh, well, the arms aren't quite a proportion. And, right. You know, it's, it's more just, free. Yeah. She's yeah. great. That seems to actually align pretty well with, the mindset concept as well, which is there's like a fixed and a growth mindset. And if you get, you know, kind of shut down about something a lot, like you can get into a fixed mindset where it's like, this is my capability and mm -hmm. that's it. So that's awesome. And actually, uh, does she do, uh, when you say comic, what kind of art uh, does that describe? Specifically? Um, I mean, I, I could guess, but I don't want to. Yeah. Know. It's not like Marvel kind of comics. Sure. It's kind of like personal autobiographical comics. Oh. Um, she was actually, 
Good Buds in college with Matt Groening, who does The Simpsons. Yeah. So she collaborated on some stuff with him. Um, but it's kind of, yeah, kind of cartoony looking, um, usually autobiographical. My favorite type is, I love web comics. I follow like dozens of them, but that's, that's pretty much what I've always wanted to be able to draw. So it sounds like that could be right up my alley or perhaps up a listener's alley. Hmm. Linda Berry. Linda Berry. L-Y-N. Linda. Yeah. We've got time for one more question. Whoa. One more question. Drum roll. If you could, as a career, make fan art for one thing, what would it be? Fan art for one thing. Food? You'd, make, you'd be a fan art for food. What would you draw? It's food? Yeah. Like, or... I love this. <laughs> <laughs> I really like food. Um, and it's surprisingly hard to draw. I mean, kind of like how it is to photograph and make it like look delicious and appealing. All you have to do, you just go straight above it and you take the picture. <laughs> just that harsh fluorescent McDonald's lighting yeah. just really yeah. captures wow. the... <laughs> yeah. I've always admired like botanical illustrations too, like cookbook illustrations. Like you'd illustrate a cookbook. Yeah. Yeah. That would be actually is that awesome. Is that... That's kind of fan art, right? Like, oh, I'm super into flowers. Yeah. I'm fan art on You're some flowers. You're a fan of flowers. I mean, I think you just <laughs> readjusted my perspective of what fan art could be. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, oh, what, what's your fan art of? Uh, oh, uh, prime rib. <laughs> maybe, oh, like, maybe all illustration is fan art. Maybe. maybe. Oh, oh, man. man. Hey. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, I just thank you so much for coming yeah, on tonight. Yeah, thanks, guys. Really awesome to, to hear your perspective. Um, if people wanted to learn more about you mm-hmm. just the work you're doing your uh the home address press, social security your, number <laughs> just uh, social would be fine because okay. we just find right. most of the rest of it cool, cool, cool. um where where would they go to learn more about what you're up to um my instagram handle at maret alicia m-a-r-e-t underscore a-l-e-e-s-h-a talk to my parents about why they spelled it that way i don't know um it's kind of cool alicia yeah it's actually sort of almost more phonetic. Sorry, I continue. Yeah, which on. is why my d- dad says he named me Alicia because it was phonetic and like my maiden name was just a bunch of like Scrabble letters just pulled out of a bag and like thrown <laughs> on the table. <laughs> um, anyways, at Maret Alicia, Twitter and Instagram, and then MaretBondaroo.com for my portfolio. MaretBondaroo.com. Nice. And what mm-hmm. kind of, I mean, we didn't touch on this. I don't want to take much more time on this, but what kind of. Do you do any work outside of Frog and Toad that you want to talk um, about? I've done some like wedding invitations, but it's that's kind of similar work aesthetically to Frog and Toad press stuff. So like lettering and little spot illustrations and stuff. Yeah. So if people are interested, they can definitely reach out yeah. and uh, give you a budget and you'll say, hey, that works or that doesn't work. Mm-hmm. All right. Awesome. Cool. Well, hey, thank you very thanks, much. Thanks, guys. Yeah, awesome. thanks so much. Big thanks to Night Swim for the use of their song Fiji for this show. And thank you to you for listening for another week. We'll see you in a few. Bye.